What up, everybody? Man, it has been a hot minute since we have been on the podcast. Like we a are, whole month. I serious. I think it literally <laughs> has been a whole month since we've sat in this room, uh, in the podcast studio, some may call it. But we are glad to be back, and we, we've got a couple uh, topics for you today. And the first one will be temptation versus sin. Maybe you don't understand really where we're going with this, but that's fine. Stick around. You'll figure it out. We've got some good biblical counsel, good good wise advice, some analogies for you. It'll all be there. But before we do that, I know the people, our listeners, the Oasis <laughs> podcasters, whether you're Spotify, Apple, Google, I don't, I don't care where you're from. I know that you have missed our nonsense. Just the stuff oh, yeah. that doesn't make any sense that why are we talking about this? It's like... Some of you probably just skipped the first like three minutes, five minutes of the podcast. That's okay. Go to I the good only stuff listen and- to the first three or five minutes of the podcast. <laughs> then you turn it off. Just see if you were funny and then you turn it back <laughs> That's off. That's it. I need my affirmation to see if I'm hilarious. So in order to get the craziness, why don't you just tell us the best thing that happened to you in the month of May since it's been a month? Yeah. I graduated to seminary. Woo! Are you... Did you? Dunskies. I'm officially (laughs) getting my diploma in the next two days. And your diploma's in? I don't know. I'm actually a master of the divine now. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I have divinity mastered. So, you're welcome. That's good. That's good. That is a title. It's a terrible title. But it's It's a good achievement. It's a great achievement. I'm excited. Yeah, a Mm -hmm. three and a half year degree. Three year degree. Master of divinity. Got it done. It was hard and great. Every time I tell someone my master's program is three and a half years, they're, they think I'm crazy. Yep. What's the average? Two. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, Some are even like a year. Yeah. Yep. It's crazy. But yeah. Sign me up for the year-long master's divinity <laughs> program. It's not a thing. That would be insane. No, it would. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Jaina. What All was right. the best thing that happened in May? So May is my birth month. Whoa. Yeah. And so this year was my golden birthday. Double whammy. I know, kind of crazy. Golden month, some may say. Yes, golden month. Um, But for my birthday, some friends and I went roller skating in Sioux Falls. And I love roller skating. I haven't been, like indoor. I don't really love outdoor. It's fine, but it's harder and scarier. But indoor roller skating, love it. Great time. So fun. I love roller skating. I wish I would have went. Oh, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I was there. I was there. But who wasn't there? Listen. Oh, Listen. <laughs> he was invited. Three, I was invited, and I not by me. The invite, yeah, you don't invite me anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I had three tra- small children at home. Yeah, you tell me Otis can't get on the roller skate, scoot around a little there bit. There were some little kids down there. Not Otis's age, <laughs> but I also honestly could done it. Oh, they could have. It's just it they go late. to bed at seven thirty. Yeah, mm, yeah. Mm. <laughs> we didn't yeah. start that party till like super late. Eight o'clock kickoff. That's time. my bedtime. <laughs> yeah. That's my bedtime. Ben was long asleep by the time we hit the ring. <laughs> it's starting to happen that way. The older I get, the more like I am, I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. I'm literally becoming the like picture of an it's old very person. Cool. Old. You wake up super early too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's great. Get a lot done. <laughs> well, if I had to say what the best part yeah. of the last month was, I would I'd probably say not having to record podcasts with <laughs> these two i mean it really took a weight off my chest and (laughs) freed up my schedule a ton (laughs) ben's unplugging my mic (laughs) no that was terrible i missed these moments i'm glad we're back uh if i actually had to say something probably just the weather you know it has been a pretty beautiful may i've gotten to enjoy it with my wife going outside we like to play tennis and go for walks 
to ride our horses and to, to garden. Yep. And On the beach? We do like half of those things. One, I have a fear of horses, but that's a different podcast. Um, okay. We did it. We did the nonsense. People I, know. I like the nonsense. I'll too. keep going with nonsense. P- people know what we were up to the last month. Some of us. Got a job change. Oh. <laughs> it's already out there. All right. Yeah, I you, guess. You go first. It's, this has actually been exciting. This is an exciting one for me. It's a sad one and a good one because, one, I feel like I'm going into like where God has gifted me and calling me to, and two, I get to see a really good friend enter into what you he's really passionate to, about. I will. Uh, say, I will. Say <laughs> I'm going to, happening. but I'm giving them just a oh, entering in. Most of them, no, mm. most likely. But I am changing positions at Grace Point to be the multiplication networking pastor, which I'm super excited about. And Brennan is the official now new and improved college <laughs> and young adult pastor, the Oasis pastor of Grace Point. I'm truly honored. Thank you, so, Ben. I didn't know this was happening until this moment. I didn't either. It was a, you know there my was life. There was this moment where we all looked at each other like, <laughs> did Ben just say that? Uh, <laughs> it's happening. It was an important thing that happened in May. No, yeah, it is it's super sweet. If you guys didn't know, we it's been announced to the church, and uh, we don't have anything on social media just because... We'll wait until closer to um, the end of the fall, probably to do some of that stuff. But yeah, there's a little bit of a change. Ben's still going to be around doing uh, doing different stuff at Grace Point. But... I'm just going to be f- just creepily in the corner, <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, watching everything happen. And we're going to rope him into the podcast for the foreseeable future. <laughs> yeah, that'll be part of his job duties. I'll make sure of it. But yeah, talking to the new college and young adult guy at Grace Point, which is pretty nuts. I love it. If you didn't know, I, I've been a part of this ministry for a, a long time for most of my <laughs> Christian life. And it has been awesome to watch God continuously open doors here and, and provide um, in ways that I couldn't even have begun to hope, dream, or imagine. So, yeah, we're going to do that change that's happening right now. Um, titles are changed. You'll see some stuff over the next fall if you're yep. in Brookings as things look a little different. But all to say, like, the ministry, the mission, the vision doesn't change. Like, what we're still going to do here mm-hmm. on the podcast, what we're going to do on Sunday nights, what we're going to do with our small groups, it's all going to be about equipping young adults to live for Jesus. And uh, yeah, so it's going to be sweet. But all right, back to the Boom. podcast. Let's go. We're, way, we're, we're, we're in the <laughs> rabbit hole, but we are coming out Alice in Wonderland no. style. Uh, so I want to know how far the rabbit hole goes. <laughs> <laughs> so if we're going to start here with the Oasis podcast and we're going to dive into our topic, we have to do the typical and just give a couple definitions. So if we're going to talk about temptation, what is temptation? Yeah, I think... Temptation is the moment and a moment that we experience that's trying to draw us into sin. Mm. Temptation is a moment where it's where ex- something is in front of us, um, and we'll talk through what that could be. It's not just physical; it's also internal. It's thought. It's holistically everything within us that is trying to draw us away from God's desire for us yeah. and what God would want us in this specific moment. So then, in that, I think part of the question comes of when people get confused between what temptation is and what sin is. So maybe before we even dive way down into the the conversation on sin, what is sin? What would we say that is? Uh, <laughs> I mean, the classic, and I don't always like this definition, but people say missing the mark, mm-hmm. and I think that's just a too Isn't simplified that like version. A literal translation. Of the word? It is literally yeah. what it means. It's it's to miss this mark, but it's when I've I've chosen and acted on doing something that is what I would say is, and what I think Scripture would tell us is almost it's selfish Mm -hmm. it's when i have chosen to act on my desire that goes against what god's desire would be Mm -hmm. so sin is that moment where i've chosen to enter into to make a choice um in relationship in life to go against what god would actually desire or want for me i've chosen to do something and it could be also a choice in internally what's having in my thought process Mm -hmm. um 
but also just out outwardly action as well. Yeah. So if you're gonna, I mean, we gave the two definitions, but when you line them up side by side, what's the difference? Yeah. I mean, they sound kind of similar, yep. right? Yeah. That's what, and that's what's hard, and that's why the, the importance of bringing up this topic. I want to talk about it. Is temptation in and of itself is not sinful. Mm. You're not sinning when you're experiencing temptation, but. I mean, Brennan, you said this, but it feels wrong. It feels like it is. Yeah, it feels it feels bad. Yeah. You know, when you're in a moment of temptation and something, something, whatever it is, is coming at you, you're like, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. So then there, there's those emotional connections between what temptation can feel like and what sin can feel like, and you don't really know what your piece of it is. And yeah. So let's talk about that. Where does the idea of temptation not being sinful come from? Like, if we are going to say it, it feels similar, but yet it's not sinful, but we still experience it, and I don't really know what to do in it, and I don't know where it comes from. Like, let's walk through some of that. Yeah. So, first example, we look at Jesus. Um, we know that Jesus never sinned, and yet we also know, and we look at his life story, he was tempted. So, therefore, they automatically are different. Yeah, you look at good. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? It's he. He was there in the midst of it, being tempted by the devil, by the enemy. Yet he did not enter into sin. He did not entertain the thought he did not make an action that would go against what God's will for him in that moment. Mm -hmm. But also in the beginning of his ministry, he, he gets baptized, gets spoken identity over, says, this is my son who who brings me great joy is what the NLT says, which is so beautiful. And then immediately, right after it says, Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. And for 40 days, 40 nights, he fasted, right? Became super hungry. And then boom, during that time, it says the devil came to him. Uh, and he sent to him, then there's these three temptations that we see, and Jesus responds. And in that, the temptations were there. He he was experiencing being tempted and led away from God's will, God's desire for him, and yet was able to overcome the temptation. Yeah. Never, never sinned. I mean, isn't that nuts? That's yes. like a, that's a pretty crazy story there <laughs> where, where there's like this whole baptism account, and then literally, next verse, Jesus is being led by a, an aspect of the Trinity, by the Spirit, who is God. Yep. And Jesus mm -hmm. being God, and I mean, the Father sends the Spirit, so the Father's probably involved in some kind of discernment of will and, and action, and they're all being led slash leading into the wilderness where they'll be tempted. Like, mm -hmm. I, that's, I don't know, that's, that's crazy to me. It's all just like this really odd combination of the Trinity acting in weird different pieces and parts and... So I don't know if I have a really question here. I, I <laughs> what are you saying, Brian? I understand it, but but do you? Because I don't know if I do. But I mean, in this sense, yeah. isn't God tempting Jesus? So that's so that. How do you? It's. I think you're. We're wrestling with this reality that there are moments in our life, and I think what's hard is to discern these moments. And I don't know if we're getting. I mean, we could get into this right away. Maybe not. We'll wait. I'll wait. But it's being led into a situation, choosing to go into a situation. Um, or being led by God into a situation doesn't necessarily mean that God is doing the one that's tempting. He may know because he's God that you're going to get tempted. Mm -hmm. And the, the hard part with that and why it's uncomfortable is why would God put me in a situation to potentially be tempted in order for me to potentially fall into sin? Mm -hmm. That's the wrestling. Yeah. And sometimes I'll look at that in my own life and think like, I don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that would happen outside of the, the easy biblical answer of everything that happens into our life. God uses things to be able to form us and ultimately help us become the people he's created us to be in his, as his sons and daughters. Mm -hmm. But that's a, a really easy intellectual answer to say, but the experience and the emotions that come alongside of that are hard. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. like, it doesn't, I, like, I don't feel good about it. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know what thoughts. Yeah. I just, it doesn't no. make me feel good. Yeah. 
Well, I don't know. I, I've been doing some reading in the Old Testament, and I just think of Abraham and Isaac. That story is crazy. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so nuts where God asks Abraham to sacrifice his child, and Abraham, by faith, goes up to the top of Mount Sinai, and he's ready to sacrifice Isaac and give up his entire lineage, his future, his promise, like everything mm-hmm. he'd ever had. And he was led there, and like in those moments, there was constant, I gotta imagine there was constant temptations to not obey and constant temptations, but he's continuing to be led and to follow the Spirit, even though, and in those moments when he's faithful and he raises the dagger and God knows his heart and that he's going to, like there's an affirmation by God that through the testing and the temptation, through his fight faithfulness, like he sees Abraham's heart and Abraham grows through that process. So it's so it's so crazy that like in the whole midst, God was still working something out, but He does it in a way that I I wouldn't do. Like yeah. I wouldn't lead someone into temptation, but His ways are higher than mine, and He 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 gets it. I, I don't always get it. <laughs> so if God doesn't tempt anyone, like where does it where is it coming from? Well, and I think uh, do we want to go into the conversation of how do you get into temptation, or do you just want to go with sure how we're tempted to be? Yeah, with? yeah, shoot however you want. Oh. Um, okay, well, we I know- refrain. Please stay kind of on topic, but then shoot however you want. Why don't you guys answer this? Because I got a lot of and I'll just respond accordingly. I don't know. I think I think to start, I mean, there's verse in, a couple verses in James yep. 1 when James is writing and he says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. And that's that's plain that's language. Biblical. Straight right, up, can, right, that's how it agreed. rolls. And then it says, for God cannot tempt... Can, God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil and de- desire and enticed. So in this, James is laying, James, I love James because he's a, he's a straight shooter, man. He is just going to put it out there. He some, some people say the genre of James is almost like the wisdom literature. So it's like Proverbs. It's like, this is a line. This is a line. This is how it is. Mm-hmm. This is straightforward. It's like, thank you, James. Finally, someone who writes straightforward. <laughs> but uh yeah, when he's writing, he's like, when tempted, no one should say, God's tempting me. Like, that's straight. Like, God's not the one doing it. But rather, they are being dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, I think is what he's saying, is there's this evil desire inside of you, we would maybe label that sin nature or your flesh, that is dragging you away, which is leading you, because you're not following the Spirit, but rather you're leading in your own sense to a place where you can be tempted um, and enticed, you can be attacked, and in those senses... I mean, it's your own doing, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Do we want to give a couple examples of where that might be possible? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the hard one is to go right to, I mean, the classic is food, alcohol, and sex. <laughs> I mean, really, that's like you, some usually the, cl- the classic mm-hmm. ones. Or like because the enemy knows us really, really well, it's money, sex, or power. Mm-hmm. So it's, okay, in the midst of these lines, temptation is putting a thought or an option or an opportunity in front of yourself than to be able to have the choice made to enter into that sin. Mm-hmm. So it's, do I choose to, to be, oh man, in a relationship with my wife before we got married? I'll get, I'll get really real. <laughs> we were engaged. We were engaged for about nine months and a month before we got married, uh, there was just these moments where we had to create even heavier boundaries in order to just, I mean, honestly do what we knew God wanted us to do. It was those moments where like in my own lack of, I mean, I think immaturity and lack of self-control, it was, I need to do, I need to make sure that I'm not alone with my future wife ever <laughs> just cause like we're this close. Like I'm not going to do something stupid, even though we're close to be married, we're going to be married in a month. I could make all the excuses that I want to. Temptation is 
either myself or being put in a situation where I'm all of a sudden over saying goodnight, we're just me and Abby at her apartment at nine 30 at night. And it's just like, we're the only ones there. Mm-hmm. And it's temptation is okay. Stay here. No one's going to find out. Even if you do something, it's okay. Cause you're going to be married in a month. Um, it does. So it ultimately like you can justify and it's mm-hmm. like, just, you can make these excuses for why it's okay. And to avoid it, it was to enter into sin and sin would be to say, okay, yes, let's just go further than we know we're supposed to. But to avoid the temptation is, okay, how do I leave and, and run away from this? And so a month before we got married, so we just, we put these boundaries in place. We try to have accountability. We do all these things. Like I literally had to, like, she made the choice to go move up to Watertown and live with her parents the last month we were engaged. Cause like this keeps away all temptation. Cause then it's like, I, when I come say, cause we lived across the parking lot in mm-hmm. the blues. Mm-hmm. So I'd go and say goodnight to her and I'd be with her at night all the time. And so it eliminated the temptation, but there's <laughs> moments where it's, we put ourselves in these situations. Yes. Satan can come, can give us opportunities to enter into things that we're not supposed to do. It's just, it's really easy to be in those situations <laughs> to justify. Um, but in like, if I'm sitting in that, when I was saying goodnight to my wife, that wasn't sin, mm-hmm. right? It was being tempted to want to do stuff that I knew we weren't supposed to do. Yeah. And so it was then making decisions to flee and mm-hmm. be smart. And where you tie back in is like you put yourself there. I put like myself. You there. walked across. 100%. Nobody took your hand. <laughs> Satan wasn't Satan dragging not, you across the parking lot. Nope. You walked across the parking yep. lot to Abby's door in order yep. to have that conversation yeah. and be tempted. You yep. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So what I'm hearing you say is that you should never talk to someone of the opposite gender after the sun <laughs> has gone down. Perfect. All right. Everybody can. We'll make T-shirts. We'll send it out. You guys can order. There'll be a link. Um, find it on our link tree. Uh, just taking it out of context. <laughs> oh, funny. <laughs> But where does Satan play in? Or like yeah. evil and that mm. that like sense of temptation. Like if we're able to do it ourselves, like if we can lead ourselves to temptation, yep. like where does the enemy play into all this? Because he knows us well and he knows what we struggle with. Um, Satan doesn't have any more power or control than he's been given by the Father, uh, than literally the creator of all things, our God. So Satan doesn't know our thoughts, but because he's really, really good at our job, he's able to plant thoughts into our head that would lead us into ultimately sin or making the choice or having to struggle to be either entertain a thought or to not entertain a thought. It's the moment that if lust is an issue with someone, it's the Mm -hmm. moment that someone of whoever I'm attracted to walks by or whatever entices me walks by and all of a sudden it's a thought or image, something gets planted in my head. Satan will use that as an opportunity to keep me focused on whatever thinking lustfully about someone mm-hmm. on on wanting to stay on that image on wanting to take a second look encouraging me to like it's okay like because ultimately what sin does is sin is deceptive because it tries to promise what it can't ultimately give mm. and so in temptation he's to the temptation is in that moment trying to tell us if i dive into this if i entertain the the negative thought that is pulling me away from the desire of God's God's desires for my life, then entertaining it is the sin because I think I'm entering into a promise of it giving me some sort of satisfaction that ultimately it actually can't give. It actually mm-hmm. leads to death. Mm-hmm. And so Satan, just because he's really good, knows which thoughts are going to tempt us when. He knows how to use moments uh, and situations to be able to lead us into, again, sin. And that's the temptation he's just really really good at it because he knows human thought and he knows human desire and he knows what we ultimately want that's not of the father Mm -hmm. yeah it's sucky but unfortunately he's good at his job you know he like he's good at leading us away he's good at 
bringing us into places of temptation. And that's why we see a world lost and a, and a culture completely broken and all these things is because Satan's doing what he feels he needs to do, which mm-hmm. is a super bummer. But on a, a more confusing note, <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the Lord's Prayer. Oh. There's this line in the Lord's Prayer where we're praying through, we're following the format and the, the language Jesus gave us in both Matthew 6 and Luke 11, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. And he's showing us and he's like, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And those lines are two kind of different, but why, why is there this line if Jesus was led into temptation by the Spirit, not tempted by the Spirit, but led there, then in the prayer that Jesus gives us, after his own experience, he's saying something contrary, or is he? Like, where are we floating in all of this? Yeah. I don't think it's contrary. And and a little another interpretation of this is keep us from being tested. Um, and so the Matthew 4 text of Jesus being led into the desert, some scholars say that is actually a reenactment of what Israel was supposed to do in their unfaithfulness being led in the desert for 40 years. Mm-hmm. It's Jesus was led in the moment to be able to say, no, actually it's possible to overcome these temptations, to overcome flesh, to overcome mm-hmm. sinful desire, to overcome desires or wants or wills that you think you want. And so it's, it's almost a picture of here's how Israel failed, but here's how we can succeed in the power of the spirit led by the spirit in those moments. So I don't think it's contradictory. And I think to pray, lead us not into temptation is to be able to say, God, I desire what you desire for my life. It's yes, there's going to be moments where testing comes, but I don't either one want to put myself in that situation. Um, or two, when Satan desire, cause Satan does prowls around like a lion to steal, kill and destroy. He wants our soul. He wants us to do anything we can. That's not of the father. And so it's, I want to pray to, not be tested. Will that happen? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But there's opportunity always to make sure that we can pray that. And I think it needs to be paired with deliver us from evil. I just, I like that because that's the same prayer a little bit. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. deliver me, lead me away from it. So it's lead me away from the desires of the flesh and the world and lead me towards Jesus relationship mm-hmm. with you. So, so let me mm-hmm. ask another softball. <laughs> that's, that's sarcastic. Like sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> Will we always be tempted? Like, is there any relief from this? And like, day in and day out, I feel these things. I feel led in these ways. I feel these temptations. It's hard. It feels gross. There's, like, is there any relief? Is there any, like, promise of hope? And yes, that? Mm-hmm. there is relief and promise of hope. And it's death or Jesus' return. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hard truth. But will you explain? Okay, help, help us out here. I think as long as we are living, Paul, Paul talks about this, I mean, in, in a few different letters, Romans is a good one, the battle between the flesh and the spirit. And any time that, that we have, I think, a spiritual, a physical body, um, we'll, we'll be given the opportunity to, and tempted to commit sin. Mm-hmm. I just think that's a reality until there's been full victory and relief when Jesus comes back. Mm-hmm. I think the devil's going to do what he can to try to steal us away from that. So even being a Christian, being filled with the Spirit, living on this side of the cross, knowing in a future resurrection, there's still temptation, probably daily. Yeah, yeah. I think it. I think you are able to catch it and recognize it easier as you mature in following Jesus. The reality is, we. I mean, Jesus expresses in the beginning of his ministry, the kingdom of God is at hand, which automatically means that he's entered into a different kingdom. Mm. So that means there's two different kingdoms operating. And until the the kingdom of 
the devil and the enemy is squashed completely, there's always going to be a battle. Nice. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Well, just because I don't love it doesn't mean it's not true. Uh, But yeah, there is hope in the spirit leading and the spirit helping. And, you know, so you don't have to. I I love that line you said earlier where it was just this idea of sin is always promising something that it can't actually fulfill. So as we fight temptation and we do so by the spirit and empowered by what Jesus has done, we can live lives that are more fulfilled because what you said on the, you said John 10, 10, which was, I mean, the devil came like a roaring lion, stealing to steal, kill and destroy. And then, but Jesus says right after that, but I came that you may have life Life. and have life to the full. And like, that's the beauty of it is even when there's temptation on the, on the other side of temptation is victory and hope and peace and joy and the fruit of the spirit and life living Mm -hmm. with Christ. And that's the beauty of what what we're called to. Yeah. So when we're in the battle... When we're fighting the temptation and we're doing that for as long as the days God gives us or until Jesus comes back, what what are we supposed to do? How do we fight that battle? Well, lucky for us, we have this awesome book called the Bible. What? The B-I-B-L-E. Oh, boy. That was good. Now that is the book for me. I've never heard that. Wow. Really? Do you guys stand alone on the Word of God? Yeah. The B-I-B-L-E. I've never heard that before in my life. Well, let me just increase your sanctification. <laughs> Play it back. Good. Oh, man. All right. Sorry, Jana. Yes. No, we do have the Bible, and um, there are instances all throughout of encouragement and um, promises for us to lean on and rely in in fighting that battle of temptation. But And we're going to list a couple of those. But to start, I mean, Romans 12, too, one we all probably heard at least once in your life, but it just says, do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Um, and so just that um, simple call to to transform our minds, to, to allow them to be renewed, and, and one of the ways we can do that is literally memorizing Scripture, having that those um, tools or weapons in our arsenal ready to fight that battle um, is one significant way that we can do that. Mm-hmm. Ben, you want to shoot for the... Yeah, I can. I just even into that, like going on the John ten text. It's Mm -hmm. it's sin offers us what offers us a false uh, advertisement on what life is, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's what the devil tries to use. In I mean, I think First Peter calls it what the the less of the flesh, the less of the eyes, and there's another one. But he always uses these different things to try to tell us. No, here's actually what life is. Here's where fulfillment is. Here's where satisfaction is. So in that, by renewing our mind, by focusing on the truth of who God is, who he says we are, on the promises he's given us, it allows us to actually redefine, oh, here's actually what life is. Mm-hmm. Here's what's important. Um, and I, I just, I think that's so important I, and so good. So we renew our mind by meditating on truth. First uh, Corinthians 10, 5 says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And this is a practice. Mm-hmm. This is this is something that as you grow in your understanding of yourself and your understanding of where the enemy, like the more you go on in a battle, the more you understand the enemy's tactics. And so like for the, for the devil, he has certain tactics against you because you have certain inclinations towards certain things. And so to be able to take thought every captive is a practice over time where I'm able to recognize, no, one, because I know scripture, because I know God's heart for me, I'm able to recognize, okay, what's a truth and what's a lie? Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, I can, I'm able to recognize, okay, is this actually good for me or is this not good for me? Is continuing to entertain this thought that's going to lead towards um, me thinking or making a decision that 
goes against what I know God's will is for me. Okay. To take up the practice of taking every thought captive again, I think it, it takes experience. It takes time and that's okay. It's not bad. It's not easy right away. I know for me, it was like trying to discern, okay, what's good, what's not. Mm-hmm. I was li- like a 19 years old now following Jesus. It's I've lived 19 years of life living in a way and going towards a direction and going towards desires and things that I wanted to have happen that all th- that were against what God actually wanted for me. So I was having to discern, okay, what is good, what's not good. And over time, it just, it just takes time. But Scripture helps us with this. Accountability helps us with this. And to take that every captive and make it obedient to Christ, say, okay, Jesus, is this true or is this not? Mm-hmm. Is this actually what you want from me or is this not? And it's really easy to say that now not in it versus in the moment <laughs> of the temptation <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the moment where I actually need to take it captive. But again, I think through practice, through continuing to pursue passionately Jesus, mm-hmm. um, I for me, I've seen moments where it's become easier. Yeah, but here's here's some of the beauty in that too is First Corinthians ten thirteen. No one is no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful, and He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. When but when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out that you can endure. Yeah. So in the midst of knowing that this temptation is upon us, knowing that we're going to struggle with it, knowing that like we have to renew our minds and take these thoughts captive, that can feel pretty heavy that can feel like a lot it can feel like a burden but jesus's burden is easy and his yoke is light like in that god is providing you a way consistently and constantly in every temptation to find the way out that's good so how are we knowing these scriptures knowing these truths looking for that way out because the next thing i would say when but when you move past not past when you move through some of these verses like you can look back at matthew 4 when jesus is tempted how does he respond every single time to the devil's temptations with the word of god he responds with scripture that he memorized and then it's crazy because satan also knew new scripture so he threw it back to jesus he tries to twist it so you got to know your bible you got to know your word but then also the bible does this beautiful thing where it gives us examples like it's not just these word truths but there's these people living out these word truths so in genesis 39 verses 6 through 12 you have the story of joseph when he's interacting in egypt and he's been elevated to these places of platform and i I was studying it this last couple of weeks and it's crazy because when jodas when jodas it's like (laughs) judas joseph when joseph reaches the epitome the high point in his status in egypt he's 30 years old so prior to that, even in this story here in Genesis 39, Joseph is probably a young adult. And I just mm-hmm. thought that was so cool when I was reading through that this week, where it's like he has all this status, all this power, all this authority, and he's the young adult, which connected with me as a young adult. So he's doing this, and Potiphar's wife is one of the people. Potiphar is the man he's serving under. He's like really a high person in Pharaoh's uh, council, and, and Joseph is his secondhand man. And Potiphar's wife has been trying to seduce and entice Joseph to have sexual relations with him. And most people in this time would have never, ever, ever, ever denied Potiphar's wife what she wanted. Like, it would not Mm -hmm. have made any sense. If she wants it, you give it to her. But Joseph... Oh, you got to be kidding me, man. This guy over here just lost it. I meant in the sense of anything, not sexually. That's what she wanted. (laughs) Anyways... So in the story, not only does Joseph refuse and say no, but he doesn't even stay in her presence. Yeah, so good. He rather, he runs, he flees. He is completely not even going to entertain the idea and runs the other way. And in the motion, she grabs his shirt and she pulls it off and then she frames him and he gets thrown in jail and the story continues. But I, I think that just paints a beautiful picture for us of how to deal with temptation. When she's standing there, he doesn't just say no and stay. He says no, and he flees. Yeah. 
So when we're in the midst of temptation, it's not how close can I get to the line without sinning. Yeah. It's not how much of this idea can I entertain. It's not how many drinks can I have. It's how do I represent God in a way that's faithful and holy that I'm going to say no and flee. No and remove the temptation. No and move to where God really wants me. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that story from it's Joseph good. in Genesis. Otherwise, is there other things that you guys would maybe add that are like final little, this is what helps in temptation? Yeah, I mean, take responsibility for when you failed. Yeah. Uh, and so we talk about confession and repentance and knowing one in that, this, the important thing is the reality of forgiveness uh, that is always offered because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Um, and so it's like, it, it's okay to recognize. I don't think we can move forward well without confessing so good sin i just don't i don't think it's possible Mm -hmm. because i don't know how easy it is to as as what's first peter say um stay alert watch out for that i just don't think it's easy to stay alert when we have unconfessed sin Mm -hmm. um because usually what ends up happening is the enemy will use that to actually make us feel guilty and then the guilt pushes us to shame which then just keeps us focused on where we failed not where god is calling us to and confession has the opportunity to actually bring healing as james mm-hmm. says yeah um, which is huge and you confess one to the father and to yourself recognizing where you failed knowing that you desired to continue to pursue jesus well knowing you've been forgiven but then too you do that with people and so accountability is huge it's faith is uh communal not just individual yeah so good no Otherwise, yeah, that accountability piece. I mean, when someone knows the things you're tempted with and they're able to check in on you and they're able to ask the tough questions where it's like, yo, how have you handled this temptation that I know you failed in the past? Mm -hmm. Like there's something that happens in the moment of temptation when you know someone else is going to ask you about it. Super good. Like right now, my, my wife and I aren't eating desserts for the year. Like there, if she wasn't in it with me, oh, I would fail constantly. (laughs) But there's a sense that when that cookie is sitting in front of me and it looks so good with the M&Ms and it's just like, you can probably tell it's still a little warm. Like, it's just like, oh, that is going to tantalize my taste buds. <laughs> like, I think about how disappointed she would be if I ate the cookie, you know? And it's like, oh, man, I'm not going to do that, not only for myself, but for her, you know? Yeah. And then that's how accountability can play into this. So let someone know prior to you failing, like, when you fail and when you when you like succumb to sin and you fall into temptation, confess that. But how do you get people in your life who know the things you struggle with yeah, prior to when you're in those moments so that they can ask you the tough questions later? So that in the whole thing, there's a cyclical process of healing that it's not just healed after the result, but it's healed before. Mm-hmm. And God's mm-hmm. doing the grace and the work before in your life to lead you away from that. Well, and what's awesome, I, I've experienced in my life when the people know what I struggle with and when I know they're going to ask you those questions, they're also praying me, praying for me throughout. So good. Like yeah. in their moments of prayer, like I know when they're praying for me, they're praying that I would overcome temptation. I would not be led. Mm-hmm into what Satan is going to use to try to steal, kill, and destroy me. So wrapping this up, if we're going to kind of finish on this idea of sin, and we we threw a definition out earlier, but if we were going to use a definition of temptation and incorporate sin into it, how would you put the two together where it's like, okay, sin is really temptation in this way? Yeah. So we would say that sin is a mishandled temptation. So it's when the temptation takes a step further, and we respond poorly to it. We don't flee, or we don't take thoughts captive, or we take the second look, or Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. Yeah, That's that's an action and in thought. That's Um, so good, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, Ben, you want to bring us home? You got a cool analogy you were throwing earlier. Uh, Mr. Agricultural (laughs) over here has... I'm a big fisher, so... 
I actually do not like fishing at all. Dude, I don't want to touch... Again, second phobia in one podcast. I have a phobia of worms as well. So. Horses and worms. Horses and worms. Two and snakes, very of different. course. And spiders a little bit, but I'm gr- I've grown a lot. To like spiders? No, no, no. Just, just to not, not freak out. Now you can kill them? Well, I was already killing them, but oh. like... A spider and I can coexist outside. Like, it mm. used to be... This is a tangent. <laughs> but it used to be if the spider was like next to me or like i saw it to me that was god's will that he knew what i would do so i was i was smashing that spider a hundred times out of a hundred like you know what like if god didn't want that spider to die he would have taken it somewhere else he knew what i was gonna do so he put it there but now i've been i've been changed a little bit and if i see the little spidey guy outside i might let him hang out as long as he doesn't come anywhere near me because i know or your house not inside bro you are dying if you're inside my house zero percent chance you live i will find you there are stories where i have spent you know Hours? spider hunt from new girl yes i'm yeah. on the spider hunt. are you a, are you <laughs> so are you a swatter or are you a catcher swatter oh okay. swatter yeah. okay i figured i'm not t- like i know I there's it. no gentleness yeah. in it like there was okay this is another little t- and then we'll finish up spotter or this swatter so when my wife and i moved into our apartment we didn't have a tv stand we actually put our TV on top of two apple crates, and that's how it sat in our living room for like a year, because I was looking kind of for a TV stand, but really, I was just okay with the apple crates. But one day, I saw a spider on top of the apple crates, and uh, I went to kill it, but it escaped me, and it went into the box, and that day, after one year of having apple crates, we no longer had apple crates because I was like, these are not staying in this apartment another second. So our TV sat on the floor until we finally got a, a TV stand. So pretty passionate about it. But. Yeah, clearly. Anyways, back to your so, fishing. Yeah? fishing. This is how I've heard it explain the difference between temptation and sin. Um, imagine you're fishing. Imagine you are a fish. So don't imagine you're fishing. Imagine you're a fish and so you're just swimming along and change back, the whole analogy. Delete everything I just said. You're a fish and you're swimming along, right? You're swimming along. And, and if salt water, fresh water, your choice. Yeah. It's, it's your decision. One. I think I'm a freshwater Nemo guy. Nemo or shark. I mean, pick. that's just, well, Nemo also was salt water. So either way, <laughs> Continue on. you're going right. And then all of a sudden you come up upon this beautiful, like just enticing, worm because you're a fish and that's what you yeah. eat and so it's like dang dinner is here didn't have to go do anything didn't have to buy it it's just available ready for me but all you see is this worm what you don't see behind this worm hidden is the hook that's been attached to you to try to catch you and so temptation is the bait on the hook sin is taking a bite mm-hmm. so it's because mm-hmm. and it's i think it's a for me it's a good analogy and helps me put into place like the reality of like the worm in and of itself that's food. Mm-hmm. It's enticing, but it's deceptive because, again, what sin tries to do is promise what it can't give. It's not giving you life there. What it's actually doing is leading you to a place of death, which is what sin ultimately does. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, so there are consequences to taking the bite. Mm-hmm. You can swim past. It's really hard to, like, having those moments of taking every thought captive helps us discern, okay, is this just a worm hanging out in the water or is this actually attached to something that's leading me towards death? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not a sin to be in the water, right? Not a sin because it's life. Yeah, the, the fish. Life. The, it wasn't the fish's choice; it couldn't breathe in land. <laughs> that was God's choice, and it was the right choice because He's God. But Amen. He's just swimming, just living life. So sp- trying to spiders find and Nemo. fishes. <laughs> that's the name of this podcast. Spiders. Yes, let's go. That's so good. <laughs>
All right, thank you for tuning in. We love you. We can't wait to keep going over the summer and keep hanging out with y'all. So we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.